0: again, and welcome to LinkedIn for Lawyers, true stories of client acquisition told by attorneys. My name is Vikram Rajan. I am the host. I'm also the co-founder of Video Socials. We are a video blogging community, of course, for attorneys, but also for accountants, coaches, and consultants, where they come on to our video blogging clubs and record their video blogs together, fun and done, and then use our automation software to get their videos out there on LinkedIn, of course, but also YouTube and Facebook and their WordPress websites, etc. Love for you to get to know Video Socials by being a guest. You can go to VideoSocials.net and learn more about us and become a guest. Uh, but today, I have a very special guest, Darshan Kulkarni. Uh, Darshan, I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit about what you do professionally, and then we'll start talking about how LinkedIn for lawyers, how it is actually working for you, and tell us a little bit more about what you do professionally, because it's a pretty unique field. Oh uh, You're very
1: kind. Uh, so- I am a food and drug lawyer. So my background is I'm a pharmacist. So I have a doctor in pharmacy, uh, went to pharmacy school, practiced as a pharmacist for about 20 years. Uh, while practicing as a pharmacist, I was in law school and became a lawyer and started my own law firm that focused on uh, FDA regulatory law. Um, I, I'm trying to remember. Can we say focus? We can't say specialized. We can you say, co- say
0: specialized. You can say concentrate, focused on most of my <laughs> clients are in... It's, <laughs> exactly yeah very uh-huh. familiar with me doing attorney advertising
1: i could tell i could tell um so yeah so so i didn't specialize i focused uh or i most of my clients are in the life sciences um and um the type of work i, I usually end up doing wow. is helping life sciences companies uh comply with the law and making sure um that 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 makes sense so i do that in a few different ways um i i come at it either from a clinical research perspective, which is kind of hot right now when you're talking about COVID Um, drug advertising perspective, which no one really likes, but um, kind of important to, to actually run a business. You have to be able to market, you have to be able to advertise. Um, And, um, and, and then there's a whole area on patient centricity and transparency. So I get into that as well. Uh, As part of that, I write a few books. I serve on a few different boards Um, and, and, Quite
0: honestly, I absolutely love what I do. And it's in addition to being an author of several books. So, talk to us about the books. It sounds like Uh, sure they are. Um,
1: I've I've written for the American Bar Association. I wrote four different books um, on so well four different chapters uh, for that book. So, I wrote the chapter on drug advertising, the chapter on pharmacy compounding, the chapter on uh, pharmacy reimbursement. I'm sorry, drug reimbursement and then medical devices for that book. I wrote the chapter on the life sciences in India and what the implications of that are. And for that book, I wrote the chapter on clinical research. So done a little bit of that.
0: That's cool. So your clientele are mainly what big pharma or research labs or. All of the above. Okay. So I've had clients who are big pharma and they're looking for.
1: So, so I'd say my clients sort of divide into two separate buckets. Um, I've got the big pharma clients who come to me for very, very specialized uh, information, things like um, there, there's a law out there uh, which which requires at the, at the European version uh, and the Canadian version, uh, this global transparency. So you've got to have clinical research that's out there, it needs to be available to patients. Um, th- this idea of cloak and dagger, what we do in the life sciences is magic and no one can know, well, those days are coming to an end. Um, People want to know the data. People want to see the data. People want to check the data. So um, the EU uh, Health Canada have come out and basically said, we're going to put we're going to put out all your data. So you might decide to do you. You're allowed to redact one of two things. One, what's called uh, patient private information, which is basically, um, you know, patient information specific. Identifiable information. And then there is company confidential information. That one's a lot harder to do. Because it's a it's this combination of trade secrets meets um, what should we put this? Uh, trade trade secrets meets sort of this this new regulatory standard of is it really confidential, and um, and that comes back to bite a lot of companies because they've never heard of it and companies yeah. find themselves on the wrong end of it. Um, but I that's that's sort of been that that one niche of super focus sorry super spec. Focused, that's the word, super focused Uh, uh, type of work that I do. And then I've got um, smaller companies, companies that are um, CROs, clinical research organizations, ad agencies, anyone who's working with life sciences companies. And they're going, look, uh, there are some incredible, great lawyers in these massive, large law firms. I can't afford to pay their bills. Um, I'd rather have someone who knows what they're doing, who can help me. Um, and and they basically need everything from general counsel services to um, compliance officer services to um, FDA regulatory
0: services that help with all of those as well. That, that's good. And you, we were chatting offline, and I, maybe you don't call yourself a LinkedIn addict per se, but you are very proficient with LinkedIn. Uh, and, and you do a daily, well, relatively right. And you do a daily live stream that we chatted about. Around what time of day, or do you have it on at the same time? I aim for noon Eastern every single day, okay.
1: and um, I, I try to get someone who impacts the life sciences. Uh, and the idea is, I've had everyone from uh, bioethicists, like world-renowned bioethicists, who can talk about well, what is it like having uh, giving COVID to patients who. have um, when we don't know what the impact of it, Uh, all the way to Ajit Pai, who was the ex chair of the FCC was talking about, uh, the, the, the value of how the FCC can work with, uh, life sciences and what they've been doing to, to enable access to patients. So that's been an interesting conversation. I've had CEOs of pharma companies. I've had, um, major advertising companies on there, CEOs of ad agencies, if you will, uh, clinical research organizations, what, what's called medical affairs,
0: et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's awesome. Why, when did you start doing your LinkedIn Lives and, and why? I started doing LinkedIn Live uh, probably
1: October of last year. I've been doing exactly. bo- podcasting since probably about 2009.
0: Okay. Um, and do you, I, do you turn your LinkedIn Lives into a podcast? So is it available through Apple Podcasts and other platforms? I, I i i did that initially uh
1: i've sort of faltered recently and the big reason i've faltered is because from the, the amount of volume of material i'm churning out is yeah. just not too expensive to, to do it sure. um, I, I think i need to sort of maybe get back to it but i need to choose which ones get converted because there's yeah. just too much otherwise yeah. uh, but it was something that i actually found value in and right now i, I had my marketing guy shout out to major um, he is available if people are looking for help, but uh, he major uh, actually helps me convert them into uh,
0: podcasts as well. Cool. So that's why you started it is, is why to tap into the world of LinkedIn more effectively or? No, I, I started because I was bored. I started okay. because I really okay. talking to Honestly. people <laughs> and, and I
1: started because I just want to talk to people about the life sciences. It's something I truly, truly, truly enjoy. Um, and that's how it started. And yeah. then it evolved. It, it suddenly I went from I'm talking to my friends and trying to go. Oh, well, one one of the questions I was asking is um, th- there, there are these exceptions in patent law around um, around patents in the cases of urgencies and extreme emergencies. I could call up a friend and be like, "Yo, why is this happening?" Because you know I say "yo" all the time, but uh, <laughs> but why is this happening? Um, instead, what what I got was. Um, well, what do what they get out of it to just have this weird call with me? I figured, let's just have it on LinkedIn and people can see how smart they are. And that's how that idea originated. I started talking to people. And it turns out I have a lot to say and a lot to hear about from a lot of smart people. And I have a lot of smart friends. So it worked out really well.
0: And has it actually led to business? It's led to a ton of business. Okay. Let's uh, talk about it. So that's like a segue for, for the theme of the show. So, so, so how, what is that part like? So part of it is a passion project, part of it, you were bored, you said, right? And, and of course this is, you know, passion meaning this is what you love learning about, love talking about, et cetera. And these are people who potentially could bring you business. So what's that segue like? Like how has it impacted your practice? So, full
1: disclosure, it, it, yeah. the way I started it was not because I was trying to generate business. I and mean, Even today, it's not really because I want to generate business from it, which is probably the worst way you can do something.
0: I don't know. Uh, I, I would I – look, I mean it, it's – it's it, it, so long as it I would say almost say the opposite right that you don't necessarily want to only have a LinkedIn live or a podcast etc where you're constantly hoping to pitch your guest like that's not a good thing because then it's becomes very bean and switch and it's a very contrived like oh I'm just tolerating the interview so I can pitch you later like you know that's actually probably the problem that's really the worst way right I think your approach um yeah all right maybe it wasn't the strategic you know clever way. Well, whatever, you have managed to be in, be genuine, I'm assuming, right? I, have, I haven't actually watched it, but I'm assuming there's as a genuine conversation. And and so give us an example of how did that actually transition? Where did that guest turn into a client? Did they refer you to someone else? Give us an actual example. All of the above. Um, okay. At this moment, it's become my primary
1: source of marketing. Um, it's I've, I've had people at the end of it go, look, you and I need to talk because I right. – I, I need to have some work done with you. Yeah. I've had clients recently, like literally this week, uh, I, I had a guest um, over. Um, I've actually interviewed her and her husband because they were in two different areas. And one's a lawyer, one's actually in medical affairs. And she was like, oh, we've, we've been talking for years. We've been, we've been friends for probably about six years. But um, this time around, she was just like, I got to connect you with this company I'm working with. They need some help. And I spoke to the person today, and it was great. I'm excited to potentially work with them. Um, and then there is um, – I've, I've had clients who've reached out to me going, um, I, I saw your LinkedIn Live. I'd like to know more about what you're doing. Um, and then I've had people give me introductions to people who i um, would never, never even have known to ask an introduction to. Because um, the, the thing I started doing was
0: going – Okay, I'm talking to you. Who do you? Who else do you think I should be talking to? Right, I do the same thing. I'll, I'll be hitting you up for the same kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, but, right. So yeah, it's a good thing. Right. One guest usually knows someone else like them who ought to be on your show. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I didn't think of any of that. Yeah, fair. Um, enough. And and
1: and I recently start asking, like, do you think there's anything that makes sense for us to talk about? And that became. Um, like something we started doing. In fact, the, the best part of doing LinkedIn live for me was, um, this idea that, and, and this is where my gu- guests struggle a little bit. And I take full ownership of this, which is guests usually come on going, what are we going to talk about? And, and I go, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea what we're going to talk about because I, I I can literally off the top of my head. I, I could probably name one show where we spoke about what we actually thought we'd speak about. Um, What's a lot more fun for me is um, something sometimes like I'll have someone introduce themselves. And in that introduction, they'll say one word that makes me go, oh, that's a really fun word. And let's explore that. And that's what the conversation ends up being about. Um, so I literally start all of my uh, my interviews with. Um, so what did you work on last week? And, and the reason I choose last week is it's something that they don't have to think about too much. They probably spent a little bit of time on it. And therefore, they're going to know what that topic is. And that ends up being a spot that they're comfortable in, that they're talking about. I'm not trying to get company secrets. I'm just trying to learn
0: something more about what they do. And that inevitably stays on theme, on message with your show, right? Right. So it's going to be around life sciences. Have you ever had a situation where you're picking a word and does it veer on a tangent where it's not about life sciences or you try to bring it back? I I don't try to bring it back. I mean, I I think... uh, it, it
1: they they go on tangents every so often, but my thought is, in the end, people who impact life sciences probably impact something else as well. Okay. So, um, for example, I mean, you're, you're looking behind me that way, that one. Um, if, if we were having a conversation about life sciences, that's great. But you might just look at that and go, "Well, what is that?" And those yeah. are when I, I I those are my national judo medals. So I was U.S. number two India number three in judo, and those are my medals. Um, so. And then we can have a whole conversation about that. And the, the point being, when I did that, the, the idea would be, well, I impacted that area as well. And that's okay. People, uh, I, I've had people who are retirement counselors come yeah. on and speak to, speak to what they do. Um, I have someone that I'm, I'm very eager to interview, who is uh, someone who helps in selling businesses hmm. and you would go, that has nothing to do with life sciences, except I'd argue people who are in the, who, have started companies, often want to exit. What does that feel like? What are questions to ask? So, in the end, we're all human, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that human connection. Did you start off doing it daily? Or Uh, did it evolve into daily? It evolved into daily. Um, and, And, in fact, now at this
0: point, I'm kind of trying to figure out how to scale it back a little bit yeah that can be very intimidating because you know part of part of what we do uh with video socials is we help our clients start video interview podcasts for them to hear uh daily would scare the heck out of them. you know they're thinking like monthly hopefully i can fit it in you know we tend to say every other week is a a nice round number weekly if you can pull it off daily is i mean we have one client who do that's three a week, but well, that's rare. So, for you for you to be candid enough to say that daily is uh, maybe a bit too much for your own schedule, I appreciate that candor because uh, I think a lot of people listening or watching are going to be like, oh, I can't ever do anything daily. <laughs> I do it daily because there are too many
1: people I want to talk to. Yeah, and, yeah look, uh,
0: yeah, your book, you said, you mentioned your book into February. I'm booked into February, but I only do it weekly. So, yeah, it's an easier way out. But, yeah, it's easy to get booked because these are fun conversations to have. So, it's important. Yeah. And, and, I mean, just think about the conversation we're having. Like, I'm already having
1: fun. Us- yeah. Usually, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side of the table. So, it's a lot <laughs> more fun to just kind of go, like, poke at, poke at the bear yeah. a little bit and let them just go off on it. But it's just a
0: fun conversation. So yeah. that's kind of cool. So to so evolve to weekly, you may or may not be scaling it back. You mentioned something pretty intriguing that has become your now primary source of new business, yeah. which is pretty intriguing. So how is that process like? Do you do, do any kind of formal follow-up or it's a natural evolution? Like, you know, w- w- with with all candor, it's okay if, if, if either way, right? I mean, there's pluses and minuses to say, yeah, no, I have a CRN or highly organized. All right, good for you. And then there's a plus of going, no, it's just a natural sequence of events. So So here's the truth. This is where I, uh,
1: I'm allowed to say suck because I suck. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to figure out a nice formalized way of doing things. Um, It's it's just been a um, conversation with friends and they ended up having business, which is great. But I really don't know how to take that to that next step of, okay, how do you go from i mean i have these contacts to um do you have work to yeah. let me follow up with you because i i found for me my average client um is probably about 13 points of contact before i before they become a client right and in some cases like in the last 3 years i'd say my my three biggest clients i've known them for probably about 10 years before yeah. they gave me any work
0: yeah
1: um which i i can't
0: under that's why i think <laughs> that it's, happens to a lot of um attorneys who work on very complex areas really yeah yeah as opposed to like a b2c like an immigration uh, bankruptcy those are more you know yeah right time right place criminal defense right time wrong place kind of thing so but uh but when your kind of area uh, complex ip issues complex even complex bankruptcy issues like commercial bankruptcy yeah it takes a long a long time right i mean it's like a it's not an it's not a quick transactional sale but neither is it probably the project that when you work on client right it's also not like all right we'll work together for a month and then see you later it's probably over a course of an, a yeah. number of months right yeah. so you know you can kind of see how the the complexity of what you do leads to the complexity of we'll call it the sales process so it's not it's not unusual the the, the best part of this type of networking is the type
1: of weird things i get I guess, get myself into so one of the things i promised myself when i started my own career was that I didn't want to be bored. Yeah. And um, I I see a lot of people, I see and talk and hear about a lot of lawyers who complain about how
0: they don't like what they do. I can honestly... Yeah, exactly, burnt out. The whole cottage industry of, of attorneys, we've got, I, I know many of them who uh, are also coaches for other lawyers based on the chaos or the their own sanity, based on emotional issues. I mean, as you know, I'm sure there are, there are substance abuse issues, there are family issues that occur a lot uh, yeah. among attorneys. For that reason, there's a cottage industry of attorneys helping other attorneys from a peer perspective and a business perspective. So, I, yeah, I, I hear I, it, I it heard as heard well. But, it. you know. But, yeah, no, i is there a cottage industry of
1: attorneys who are just really, really happy with their job? Because that's where I fall in. Yeah, you're. You're. In, I think it's a
0: smaller cottage, but <laughs> maybe that's a village, and this is a cottage. Yeah, uh, probably to, that you fall into that category. So that's great. So you yeah. you've been able to keep the passion up because you, you were able to stave off boredom, which is yeah, which kind of is success. So.
1: Yeah, like I, recently, uh, I so I tied hands with a couple of different law firms. And what they landed up doing is they they don't do the type of work I do. I do some very specialized work. Funny thing is, I don't think it's that specialized until someone points out that it is. But I think like I love what I do. Um, but the, these um, so I've got my my hands dirty with uh, with some really cool buy buy and sell agreements. Cool. And um, you think that that's normal uh, in my line of work, but it's not been the general theme of what I did. But the more I, I work with corporate attorneys, the more fun it is because they're thinking of the traditional, typical, um, also what I'm looking for, um, sort of IP stale type yeah. of pro- uh, thing. Like I've got, I've got some intellectual property, I'd like to buy it. What they ha- didn't consider the downstream effects, which is very much where I fall in and hopefully I add some value to these uh, attorneys. Because when they when they represent their clients, they get to go, look, we're not your typical rote uh, uh, sort of corporate attorneys. We're bringing this this wider scale of knowledge and experience to the table.
0: And that helps them hopefully sell better. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that that it would. Right. Because, it's, yeah. you know, adding value that much more. So that's really cool. So we, we talked about how you started. I'm bringing it back to the theme of the show. Uh, so if you notes so you talked about how you started linkedin lives practically yeah, yeah. daily you do some kind of a follow-up but you need to kind of work on that a little bit better but even with dare i say a lackluster follow-up it's been able to quote unquote convert into business which is i think a real testament to to how you run the linkedin live show and i guess how you build relationships and and how you keep in touch with people even if it's not a very systematic way you're doing it effectively so that's not a bad thing that's
1: yeah. cool. Yeah, so, um, so I've I've had my marketing guy major with me for about six years now, and one of his biggest complaints with me has been, so what do you do again? Could you tell me what you do because we can then focus on that. And every year, what I do changes. Um, I'm making up dates here. Is but it
0: really, or or is it? Yeah, yeah. So so elaborate on that.
1: Like even I'm a little surprised by how much it changes. Um, Also,
0: give me an example of how it
1: changes. I'll give you several. I'll give you several. So I'd say, I'm I'm making updates here, but say 2016, the the biggest clients I I was working with were manufacturing companies and they're trying to, uh, they're they're trying to bring a product to market and what are the implications of if you're a manufacturer getting the right SOPs in place? So it's it's hardcore uh, manufacturing stuff. 2019 might be a major client who's trying to bring a product to market, and it is all about advertising compliance. 2020 might be um, uh, clinical research and what are the contracts associated with that. 2021, it might be global transparency issues. And they're all happening. You might, you might get something that is a seed in one year becoming a full-blown tree in the next year and then being dead the year after.
0: Okay. But it's all part of the same... Lack of a better word, life cycle within the life sciences industry or, or sector, right? So it's, you know, be it manufacturing or advertising, right? So it's th- at different phases of the same story arc, as I'm thinking.
1: Would, I would agree with you. And to me, it makes complete sense. Yeah. But, but from a marketing perspective, it's terrible because do you market to the advertisers? Do you market to the manufacturers? Do you market to the clinical research organizations? Who do I market to?
0: Yes, I guess is was was all of the above to quote you from earlier. So exactly. so yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, fair enough. But but you've been able to find a happy medium uh, yeah. using LinkedIn. Is there any other aspect of LinkedIn that's worked tremendously for you? Uh,
1: I think for me, I think LinkedIn kept evolving. Um yeah. LinkedIn Live, I think works especially well right now because not everyone has LinkedIn Live.
0: Yeah. I mean, most likely they are going to make it open and public. I mean, it's conjecture. I mean, our, our yeah. app is is with LinkedIn. So with LinkedIn automation, I tend to hear some things before others. I've heard nothing about them opening up LinkedIn. But I do know, unfortunately, that they're taking longer to approve LinkedIn live applications, right. which it's right. just some like complete conjecture and speculation that maybe that means they're just they're going to open it up or not, I like, right, don't necessarily mean that at all, but I'm, I'm kind of hoping for the sake of my clients that they actually do open up, which to your detriment, right? It's no longer this special uh, thing. You know, in marketing, we're always looking ways to stand out, but a lot of attorneys uh, prefer to fit in. So from that aspect, it, it'll, it'll do wonders for, for legal marketing when it comes to LinkedIn Live, but you've been able to, to ride the wave while you got it approved when other types of Possibly,
1: and I, um, I, I don't know what the magic sauce is that's that's been one of my struggles but it may be the fact that it's unusual or it may be the fact uh, what i what i really like about linkedin live is whether or not i like it people get notified when i go live yeah which is great so i have probably about six thousand people on my linkedin they get notified um that i'm on i had one person complain and tell me how dare i keep messaging him about it and like i don't but he was not um i don't even know who this person was but he he had (laughs) some very choice words yeah worse Uh, than suck (laughs) yes much worse than suck um but but i think that i think that's probably why linkedin doesn't want to go everyone has access to it because it's probably not in their best interest um do you know and I, i haven't looked into this but uh is there the
0: equivalent of reels for linkedin no there's no reels or shorts or anything like that with LinkedIn yet. I mean, uh, other than you just doing your own version of a one minute, you know, people do a one minute kind of thing uh, on LinkedIn, but there's no prescribed way. LinkedIn video has, you know, LinkedIn, as you, I'm sure you've noticed, is always kind of a step behind. Let's say Facebook has like the main leader. So they kind of watch what works on Facebook and then go, which is why I, I think that they will actually end up going public with live because it has worked tremendously on facebook live and, and of course you get a lot of riff, you get i think i would say you get a lot more of the riffraff on, on facebook than you would with linkedin uh, but there's no i don't i haven't heard of them doing anything like a shorts or anything
1: i would think it's a terrible idea if they do because i feel like the shorts work more for a b2c type of customer the, the
0: irony is as much as uh, while you're talking about video i'm not a huge clubhouse uh um yeah a, a user but i can see an audio conference room capability, yeah. yes. being a lot more effective. A doing a private conference call essentially, and yeah. then having a broadcast capability of a conference call, which is all it is yeah. on a LinkedIn, because we already are a professional platform, and yeah. so it makes sense for it to have its own audio podcasting type uh, concept. So, I,
1: I agree when it
0: premieres, you'll use it.
1: No, I think I think that's probably the direction to take it, as opposed to. Yeah. Um, where things are instead of going down the B2C business to, to customer route. I think you're right. Uh, a clubhouse version would probably work a lot
0: better. Yeah. I mean, they, they have to be careful because I I've always said um, for, for many years that look, Facebook being this behemoth there, there's more professionals of every ilk on Facebook and they're on, on LinkedIn there. There are more lawyers on Facebook than they're on LinkedIn. Except that when we're on Facebook, Um, you know, we're not wearing our suit, literally, figuratively, right? You know, we're there to hang out with family, friends, et cetera. Even if it's socializing among lawyers, you guys are all hanging out as friends, not as attorneys per se, right? Where on LinkedIn, you are donning the suit, literally, or at least figuratively, and, and having the name badge and the business card and doing what we do at conferences. However, Facebook has been toying with Facebook Workplace, Meta, doing the metaverse and going into kind of how Zoom and, and kind of conference calls can be reiterated and reimagined using AR and virtual reality. As they go full stream ahead, they are looking to, uh, you know, to use a romantic word of disrupt, to disrupt LinkedIn's stronghold. So it's to Microsoft and LinkedIn's advantage to figure out some other version. You know, it's not going to be, hey, we can have an elephant avatar and, and things like that with what Metaverse wants, but it's going to have some kind of implication. You know, Zuckerberg is not just a visionary out of nowhere. Obviously, we're going to go down the path of virtual reality, and we're all kind of sick and tired of Zoom meetings. Well, that's here to stay in one form or another. So, you know, we'll see what LinkedIn does uh, with with all of that. Um, Before I let you go, we're going to take a quick one-minute commercial break. When we come back, I'd love to hear from you one more thing that you really love about LinkedIn and then I'm sure there's something about LinkedIn that irritates you that you really don't like, because most of us, there's finds so at least one thing that we don't like. So hold that thought. <coughs> Absolutely. Do you want your own podcast like this one? My team will do all the grunt work for you. Just show up, smile, and enjoy talking to your potential clients and referral relationships. Go to videosocials.net slash to watch our nine minute webinar for all the details. Are you a busy lawyer, coach, consultant like me? You should have a podcast done for you to get you more clients, impress your colleagues, and it becomes your perpetual referrals flywheel. We find you the right guests. We schedule your guests, handle all the podcast tech, get you into Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and more done for you. Go to videosocials.net slash go VIP to watch our nine minute webinar for all the details. Now back to the show. And back to our guests. Justin. what is one thing that you love about LinkedIn?
1: Um, I think the fact that the audience is a bunch of professionals. I think that, to me, is really the right fit for me. Yeah. Uh, I think that works really well for me. That's that's my um, taste. I think the thing I don't like the most is uh, the LinkedIn groups. They, they went from being really interesting and educational to just
0: spammy. I don't remember when LinkedIn groups was really awesome, and I've been on LinkedIn for a long time. But so, I, I, but I guess maybe I was in the wrong group. And, and but there was a time that you that it was productive. Yeah, there was definitely a time where it was productive. And then they um, tried to reimagine it. This was like three, four years ago at this point, where they and it was like, all right, that didn't go anywhere either. So. I don't, I don't know that they tried
1: to reimagine it. You could be right. I feel like at some point Facebook groups took over. Yes. I remember at one point going, wait, Facebook has groups. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. yeah, that's how that played out for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it might have to do with the sticky nature of the social nature of Facebook. We're on it anyway. So I may as well just chat on it anyway. But it always felt like they're wrong fit for me. Like I for me, to be on, Facebook, on a professional group. standpoint. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cause
1: I'm, it's weird i don't want to make friends with with strangers in a non-professional environment um except that's not 100 percent true because i love doing that on twitter so i think each each network for me has a flavor and and uh i I guess on facebook i want to talk to people who i know right Um, on on twitter i want to talk to people who i don't know and on linkedin i just want to meet anyone who's in my world um Which is why I think one of the things um, I've seen more and more of that, I'll be honest, I didn't realize was as big an issue, but women get harassed on, on LinkedIn and that kind of bothers me. The, the idea that someone's going onto LinkedIn to ask for dates, like, it's ridiculous, like, you know, this is not the location for it and that, that irks me because that's
0: not the forum. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, a different topic for a different time. Unfortunately, I think every channel is abused in that way. So, I mean, it's hard for the two of us to really talk about uh, that kind of an issue. Right. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, I think it's a shame that any issue, any any issue, any channel is abused in that way where it's like, look, there's a time and place for things in the workplace or professional environment. Isn't that way, or at least not in a much more direct way? I think friendship, or at least relationship, can occur first. And yeah, for business as well, right? I mean, it goes back to the theme of this show of how to develop relationships and how to pitch appropriately, via whatever you're pitching, uh, but in a business context, right? It's a relationship first, and I think LinkedIn enables that to have a relationship uh, more expediently. I'll tell you mm-hmm. another thing that really
1: upsets me about about LinkedIn. Yeah, the spamminess of the of the reachouts. Yeah, um, sure. I I feel like I don't get them as uh, on, uh, as often on Twitter or on uh, Facebook, but the people who sort of add you and either make immediate demands. Uh, <laughs> what or... do you mean by demands? So well, you know, a different word, know, they, though. So, let's say pitch. It, no, so it, I'd, I'd say demands more than the pitch. So pitch bothers me bad enough because you're kind of going, yeah. but then you kind of remember that's how LinkedIn is paying the bills. So yeah. maybe to a certain extent I can tolerate that. But the people who are like, here's a webinar you need to jump on at 6 p.m. tomorrow. I'm like, I don't even know you.
0: Yeah, I don't need to. Yeah, there are very few things I need to do. This exactly. All the or, or maybe there's a lot I need to do, and this is not on list. Basically. So to me, th- those would yeah. be the things that arc me more than they probably should. I think it, uh, it goes back to the abusing uh, of, of the channel and not recognizing that it's a relationship. Like, look, we don't really know each other that well, yeah. but I- I'm happy that you took the opportunity to come on our show and and – Talk a little bit about your practice but especially talk about how linkedin has actually worked that's the whole premise of the show because we see all the time right of people doing not enough things or or not enough of the right things or not the right things and so linkedin doesn't work and it's like well that's not really true Right. If right. you do what Darshan does, you can make it work. It may not work in all circumstances to use kind of the advertising attorney advertising aspect where it may not work for everyone in the right in the, in the same way, but it does work and, and you're a true story of that. I'll, do, a I'll of that. do I'll do one of them better. Yeah. Um I actually
1: um spent a decent amount of money recently trying to explore where the Google AdWords would work for me. Mm. I c I couldn't get I couldn't get the ROI to, to sort of work. Yeah, right. So to me, um what i've learned is i'm in a relationship business. for better or for worse, that's what i do. so i can't make i can't depersonalize it. i think right. there are certain types of uh lawyers. like for example, if you're searching for a criminal defense attorney, you want to show up pretty high
0: up, up that right, list. right right they're they're getting carted off uh, to jail and they're googling and who can yeah. help me out. yeah. um i'm not that guy. i'm the guy who they're going i'm betting my company what happens now. right right they're then, usually turning to one of their trusted sources, so maybe a, a the exactly. law firm that they currently use for commercial stuff. And they exactly. know you because you're the specialist, if I can say that. And, and <laughs> I would be confirm or deny that. Yeah, exactly. So for that aspect, yeah, yeah, it's a relationship business. And, and thus, LinkedIn helps. And the LinkedIn lives become that much more so to kind of use that as a, as a springboard yeah. in to developing those relationships. Yeah. And this has been great. I hope this has been great for you fun for me. Before we, before I let you go, how do people get to know you and get a hold of you, either on LinkedIn or a website, or what's the best way for people to get a hold of you?
1: So you can find me on um, LinkedIn, Darshan Kulkarni. So that's you can see my name's D-A-R-S-H-A-N-K-U-L-K-A-R-N-I. You can also find me on um, at, on Twitter at Darshan Talks, so D-A-R-S-H-A-N-T-A-L-K-S, or just go to our website at
0: DarshanTalks.com. That makes sense. Totally. Any uh, last words? Um, This was fun. I'd love to do it again. All right, good. We will. Uh, Again, my name is Vikram Rajan, host of LinkedIn for Lawyers. This has been another true story of client acquisition told by an attorney. You can catch this podcast as a video podcast on YouTube. Uh, Of course, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live every Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. But also as an audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, my personal favorite is Stitcher. That's what I use on my Android. Uh, So feel free to subscribe. And if you happen to know another lawyer who has gotten a client or at least a qualified referral from LinkedIn, uh, definitely send them uh, my way. And I'm looking forward to featuring them in the future. Until next time, I will talk to you then. Thank you. Thanks.